It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, what's up? Sean here. After the Toronto Raptors beat the Washington Wizards 109-100 in Washington to move to 4-0 on the road this season and pick up their fifth straight win, the first time they've done that since the uh, title defense season back in 2019-20. We will talk all about that with a wonderful guest on today's show, the queen of Raptors TikTok game recaps. It is Ashley Docking here to break it all down. Going to be a lot of Fred Van Vliet talk. We're going to talk about Delano Banton as well and a few other things as we dig into a really fun one down in D.C. coming up on today's episode of Lockdown Raptors. Oh, like because when I shot, I expected to make it. So like, I don't shoot kind of this. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Canada, the NBA title is yours. We're going to the free time of the Hail Mary 3 by Mo Get that garbage out of here. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode number 1050 of Locked on Raptors for Thursday, November the 4th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter as always, at WoodleySean. You can find the show at Locked on Raptors. And you can subscribe to follow, tell a friend, review, rate, all that stuff, uh, the podcast on all your favorite podcast platforms for free. And you can subscribe on YouTube, which we love you for doing. It's a very nice thing for you to do. Helps us out. Helps with algorithms and all that good stuff. So thanks in advance. And thank you for making us your first listen of the day. On today's show, we are talking about the Raptors' fifth straight win over the Washington Wizards down in D.C. to close out a 3-0 and road trip as they come back home to play the Cavs on Friday. And uh, it was a fun one. 109-100 for the Raptors. Fred Van Vliet had a big game. We're going to talk about that. We're bringing back the dude of the game, the new segment I've introduced to the podcast. And uh, we'll talk about some other fun things that went down in this one with today's guests. And I'm very happy to have Ashley Docking back on the show. As mentioned off the top, the queen of rap <laughs> TikTok recaps. And uh, you're doing a million other things all around the world there, uh, Ashley. NBA Twitch streams, lacrosse podcasts. You're killing it. Uh, Ashley, how's it going? Uh, busy, as you mentioned. Um, but did you say it was 1050, the episode that you've done? 1,000. Yeah, it's a lot of episodes. Yeah. That's in, that in <laughs> itself. Like, forget about me. That in itself is amazing. What a feat of perseverance. Good for yeah, you. Really, a good feat of uh, career stagnation. Just, you know, on the spot. I'm going to stay here forever. You'll never move me. Inertia is a powerful force. <laughs> yeah, I love it. It's wonderful. And uh, I, I, this got to be like your third or fourth appearance on the show, Ashley. It's lovely having you back. Uh, and we have a really fun game to talk about here. Uh, again, 109-100, the Raptors beating the Wizards. Fred Van Vliet uh, is probably the place we're going to have to start. But we will talk about some of the other good stuff that went down in this game from 
uh, you know, some smart coaching moves by Nick Nurse. We'll talk about, uh, I think, probably the center conversation once again, as Ken Birch was quite good. Precious Achua was quite not outside of one very, very good dunk that might earn him playing time for the next like three months just on the, the, the strength of that dunk alone. Uh, but actually, let's start with Fred Van Vliet, shall we? He, I think, was the takeaway from this game. 33 points, 6 assists, 13 of 22 from the field. Hit 10 twos in this game, which is a decidedly un-Fred Van Vliet stat. Uh, what were your impressions of Fred Van Vliet's game as he really had his finger on the pulse from start to finish? Yeah, he was really married to that jumper at the corner of the key, eh? Um, but mm-hmm. why not? It was working so efficiently, and the Wizards refused to send anybody to come over the screen to deny him, and they had Gafford a lot of times dropping back in the paint, so of course he's going to take it. Mm-hmm. Fred Van Vliet, to me, is the epitome of a leader, and I think that this has been just talked about to death, of course, but I think that this is going to give him a new opportunity to even grow even further the role that he has now that Kyle's gone. And yeah. we saw maybe a little bit of, I don't want to say uncertainty, because I don't think there's anything about him that's uncertain when no, it comes to not. basketball in particular. <laughs> I don't want to speak to his whole his whole life there. but I guess um, I'll bet on myself. Yeah, for maybe sure. Thinking always, about like it, that. maybe I'll hedge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you know what? You, the most successful people do hedge once in a while. But yeah, I think that now he's really found a rhythm. I think that one of the best things that good leaders do is they really take the temperature of the people around them and gauge mm-hmm. what they're capable of and not necessarily on a grand scale night in and night out. Hey, where's this guy at tonight? Where's this guy at tonight? So how do I need to adapt and adjust to help my team be successful based on their successes or in some cases their inefficiencies? And Fred does that really well. And I think we saw that tonight. Yeah, it was a decidedly, I, I, I hate always feeling like I have to do the Lowry Fred Van Vliet comparison, but it was a Kyle Lowry ass game from Fred Van Vliet in this one. Like just kind of knowing at all times exactly what the Raptors needed. There were three parts of this game in particular where I thought like he alone kept the Raptors in the driver's seat. There was one moment that took place in the late, late third quarter. The, 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 the Wizards have got a bit of a run. I think they pulled it to within five. It was 76-71. And it was a, a bit of a sort of, you know, it seemed like a bit of a moment where, okay, this could go wrong if things don't go a certain way for the Raptors here. But he comes out of a timeout, hits a pull-up three right away, puts them up by three. And it was, it was great. It, it just kind of steadied the ship. It got the Raptors right back in where they needed to be got them you know to the end of that quarter they played the end of that quarter with like a bizarro lineup of like fred and champagne banton boucher and precious or something like that it was super weird super awkward but it's <laughs> it horrible for you to say yeah <laughs> yeah there's too many tongue twisters on this team too many bees all of that but that was i thought one moment there another moment where i, I really thought fred kind of showed just how great he is is uh, Fred actually Jack Armstrong pointed this out really well on the broadcast he noted how they as you mentioned they started sending two to the ball when in the pick and roll with Precious Achua instantly Nick Nurse goes to Ken Birch after they start showing that coverage and then Jack called it he's like watch Fred's gonna find Ken Birch here on the short roll and three straight times twice for a Ken Birch floater and then a third time Birch got it in the middle of the floor and found OG for a three all because Fred made plays out of those doubles wasn't forcing anything didn't feel like he had to keep putting shots up it was like all right they're giving me this now, and mm-hmm. we're going to go through Ken Birch now. And that was beautiful. And then lastly was uh, down the stretch of the game. Things are getting a little bit hairy. I think it's a six-point game at this point, 103-97. And 
uh, Fred picks up a rebound off of a really terrible Bradley Beal three, like a, a truly baffling decision for him to shoot uh, th- that early in the clock with like OG <laughs> draped all over him. Fred grabs the rebound, goes the whole way, has like throws his head fake that like got me to move in my couch in <laughs> Hamilton, flinching. Ontario. Yeah, and, and he just sort of parts the sea for himself and finishes there to put them up eight. Kind of all she wrote at that point. Just a, a really like masterful every single thing the Raptors needed. Fred VanVleet was providing a type of game from him. We should probably talk about the mid ranger actually a little bit more in depth because like that is a new tool that he's added. Yeah, uh, and we talked about it earlier uh, uh, this week actually on Wednesday's podcast with James Herbert about how he's shooting that shot with like crazy efficiency right now, like well north of fifty percent, sixty seven percent I believe he was at between sixteen feet and the three point arc, which obviously is unsustainable, but still bloody impressive. And I, I don't think he did anything to hurt those numbers tonight. But like, what do you think that shot in particular means for Van Vliet, who's always been this guy who's kind of just maybe needed a little bit more juice in the half court to kind of keep things flowing? Maybe that's what gives it to him. Well, first of all, I think DeMar DeRozan somewhere being like, what the hell? (laughs) (laughs) All of a sudden, we're good with mid-range. I have some (laughs) questions that need to be answered. I would like an audience with the people that are in charge. (laughs) That's what I think, first of all. And it's just interesting, the dynamic of what we applaud versus what we don't. I think obviously the difference with DeMar DeRozan is that he maybe didn't have the three in his bag. So there wasn't yeah. the option to expand the game. And so maybe that's why we allow it for things like Fred Van Vliet. We're like, oh, this is the smart play right now, even though you can do other things. But I think that's it. It just makes you more versatile. It makes the defense have to play you honest at all points in time. Because if you don't, if they know you don't have a mid range or it's not something that you have a tendency to pull up in, well, then they can sag off you a little bit more, as we saw with Fred Van Vliet, wait for you in the paint and then block the shit out of you, like we've seen with Fred Van Vliet on a number of <laughs> occasions, because they have that size on you. So they can make up for a lot of different things. But now, mm-hmm. if you're coming around the corner on a screen, stopping on a dime because you're reading the defense, they have to come up. It allows you to dish a pass, like you said, to Cam. It allows someone to run the baseline and maybe you dump it off there on the side instead. Or it allows you to find somebody in the corner because even just stopping in and around the nail, it gives you at least... 270 view of the court and can allow you to pick things apart because oftentimes on a pick and roll, which they run a lot, obviously from the point, there's going to be someone out of position and someone smart like Fred Van Vliet, even someone who's a little wily like Malachi Flynn or something like that. They'll be able to find people um, if they get to that point in the floor and it really opens it up. It exploits the defense. Yeah, it's just another thing to make it that much more difficult for the defense to figure Fred out. We know he's got the pull-up three, and that's going to sometimes entice the double teams. He's shown he can pass out of those. Even though he's six feet tall, he can kind of just, like, squeeze it through two dudes. And, you know, Ken Birch, I think, is a really nice sort of receiver of those passes. And honestly, it's kind of why Scotty Barnes is, like, a dream potential pick-and-roll partner with him as well. A, with his size as a target, and B, with his passing ability from the middle of the floor. And then, you know, if teams are going to drop against Fred, which is a weird call considering he's got that pull-up game, you know, he yeah, can walk right into that 18-foot range. Yeah. Because he's tactical, too, with his shot, right? Like, sorry yeah. to interrupt you, but no, it's no. like he, he makes – he makes the shots as you said it's like he's very timely in the way that he's doing things even if you want to go back as far as the championship year it's like he was so bad for so long and then against the Warriors all of a sudden he's like oh you guys need me now like actually okay cool like I'll I'll dial back in um and there were opportunities for him to really just show out um but even like when he when they went the 
five point run, the little mini run. Fred goes, he makes a layup uh, in transition, I believe. And then Banton tips the ball and then finds him. Who, who found him? Did Banton find him or Precious found him at the top and he shot the three? Yeah. Anyway, yeah. they got five points. Precious and did, yeah, after Banton. Got yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, um, and so even that, it's like that is a killer. That series is a killer. If he doesn't make that shot, then it's no problem. It's like you're not capitalizing on errors. You're not punching people or kicking them when they're down, which we don't <laughs> promote, generally speaking, but in basketball, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a really, really incredible Fred Van Vliet game uh, and just kind of extends a run of really excellent play from him overall uh actually we're going to continue diving in here to a couple more items we're going to talk about just kind of rapid fire through some dudes and some interesting storylines from this game as well i want to talk about og ananobi who had some really impressive flourishes in this game i want to talk about the precious achua cam birch stuff uh i also want to give some love to Sfi Mahailu because i don't think we're going to get to him in the dude of the game because you have selected the dude of the game here that we'll get to in the final segment of the show uh but we will get to some rapid fire notes from this game in just one second but first I want to tell you about our friends over at rockauto.com who are wonderful, especially if you're someone like me who knows nothing about cars whatsoever. And when you walk into the mechanic, I look like a sizzling piece of bacon to a mechanic. Like this guy knows nothing. I'm going to fleece this guy for all he's worth. And you know what? They're right to because I don't know what I'm doing. But instead, I have started doing something else. I go to Rock Auto in control because I will pick the parts I want them to put in my car. I still don't know how to put them in my car. Sometimes I'll go to my father-in-law or something like that, but I'll usually just go to the mechanic and say, hey, I have this thing now. Please put it on my car for me, and they will do it, and they're not charging me for that part, the full freight. For example, if you go to a chain store or a mechanic or whatever it might be, uh, for example, just to use one part as a, a bit of a, port a way to tell the story here, uh, the Honda Odyssey fuel pump is 350 bucks at a chain store. You can get it for 216 bucks at rockauto.com. And the best part about rockauto.com is there's not just one Honda Odyssey fuel pump there. They have all sorts of different makes, models, specifications, and everything you might want, and various prices you can choose from as well. So you are totally in control. Thanks to the wonderful people at rockauto.com who are a family business who have been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go explore their easy-to-use website. If I can use it, you can use it. It's very intuitive, very quick to find the parts you need. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in their had you hear about us box in the know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the car parts you will ever need at rockauto.com. And today's show is brought to you by our pals over at betonline.ag as well. They are back and better than ever with a new web interface for the start of the basketball season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. You might want to be putting some money down to your Toronto Raptors to do some stuff in the postseason. Maybe you want to put something on the win over under. You might be a little bit late to get those good odds, though, because they're good now and they don't seem to be turning back. So uh, if you're late, if you want to sort of make up for the lateness of betting on the Raptors, you can go bet on some other stuff. You can bet on some player props. You can bet on games each night if you want as well. You can head to the new updated de desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, meaning if you put in 100 bucks, you get 150 bucks in your account just to play with. That's a wonderful thing. You should just go and sign that up just for that deal alone. From basketball, football, baseball, the postseason, uh, I guess baseball postseason is over, but either way, you can bet on futures for baseball now as well. Will there be a lockout? Yes or no? Put some money down, baby. You got the NHL, boxing, UFC, all the way down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of all of the available offers right now. 
uh, that are on tap for the 2021 season. It's an awesome time to go and bet on some sports. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online is where the game starts. All right, Ashley, let's continue on. Thank you to you for the listeners for making this your first listen of the day, of course. Uh, Ashley, let's uh, talk just some rapid fire things about this game. Uh, OG Ananobi, we should probably talk about him. Not quite the 36 point out of body experience we saw against the Knicks on Monday, but pretty damn good nonetheless. The first half in particular, some really, really excellent examples of him sort of maturing as a number one, you know, 1A, 1B type option. Uh, you only had one assist in this game. That's got to be one of the most deceiving one assist games I've ever seen because the number of sick passes he made in traffic, you know, stopping on a dime, realizing he had defensive attention on him, finding the open guy, flashing to the paint, whatever it might have been. Really impressive stuff from OG overall to go along with his 21 points. Uh, what were your impressions of OG's uh, performance against the Wizards tonight? So let's get his secondary assist numbers, first of all, because I need to know that's that's what we're actually <laughs> interested in, where that tells the real story. How involved were you in leading up to scoring? Because really, that's where the unsung hero is. Here's the mm -hmm. thing I love about OG. Everyone's going to make a ton of noise about him expanding his game. Of course, that makes a ton of sense. He decided that he wanted to commit to becoming a better player and it's showing immediately. So his ceiling is so high. But two things, his floor is never going to be that low because his defense is always going to be so good and he's going to draw a ton I of mean. attention. And he's going to be able to lock up a number of people, whether it's a main ball handler, whether it's a big and it's a mismatch, he's slightly undersized but still strong enough to do so. Or, or even if it's coming over and help defense and making a play, making a block. But speaking of blocks... He, he feels like the kind of guy who will never be too big to still play all out and yeah. be afraid of looking dumb, if that makes sense. He's always sure. going to contest you. He's always going to run out, which we saw, run out to the corner to block a three-point shot, falling into the stands, maybe getting a little hot mustard on his shoulder so the play <laughs> can be without him. But you cannot overstate how important that is because there are a lot of players who start to get a little bit more attention, who start to change their role in the hierarchy of the team, get a little more play, get a little more run, and they don't necessarily do those things anymore. They don't have that kind of gusto when approaching the blue collar tasks, if you will. And so mm -hmm. those are two things that I really like about him so far is that he's put in the work and he's never going to be hopefully too big to do all the stuff that made him special in the first place while he was still just a, like a raw talent. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing that's been super impressive about OG's season so far is his usage is way up. He's about 25% uses on a season, but like his defense is not tailed off at all. And you could argue it's as good as it's ever been. Like he's mm -hmm. blowing plays up at the point of attack. He's, you know, guarding Julius Randle for 48 minutes. Like he's not letting off on that end. And it's only going to get easier for him when Scotty Barnes is back and Pascal Siakam's back, because those three can just kind of interchangeably switch between who's got the biggest assignment. You know, it's just been, and even Gary Trent Jr. can maybe yeah. sometimes take those wing assignments too with the way he's played. I mean, he's been fantastic defensively. Like, it's just, he's a gnarly dude to play against. <laughs> and like, it's on both ends because he doesn't look fun to guard either. I mean, there were a few moments tonight, I talked about the passing, but like, just the, the shot creation we're seeing from OG is something like we've not seen so far. We've seen the clips kind of shared around this week after that game against the Knicks. So, yeah. you know, the, the working it's with his dribbling trainer. coach and all that stuff and, and working on the sort of the jab step and all that. I mean, the step back three is like a legitimate weapon for him right now. Yep. There's a ton of separation he's creating on it. And then inside the arc, like he's 
got a bit more of a bag, right? There was a possession where uh, there was like a two seek two possessions in a row in this game where uh, it was one time down. He uh, threw a, a beautiful high low feed to Kem Birch and, and Birch, uh, you know, didn't quite finish the bucket, ended up kicking it back out to OG. Low clock, he ends up sizing up, I think, Daniel Gafford, and then has like an 18-foot step back pull up. It was just like, oh my God, that's superstar <laughs> stuff. And then the very next possession down, he finds his way into the paint, draws two defenders, and dumps it off, I believe, to Svee. Might have been Ken Birch at that time. But either way, like a gorgeous pass there. Like kind of doing all that stuff, just sort of taking in all the information that a star does, yeah. and then just using that information against the defense and sort of using it in the best, the best sort of response for each sort of situation. You know, he had the beautiful baseline turnaround and pull and fade away in this one too. Like he's just, yeah, I'm blown away by the shot difficulty. The efficiency is not quite there, you know, just 21 points on 20 shots in this game. Didn't get to the line at all. I don't know if that's his fault necessarily. There were a few that probably could have gone his way, but I just am uh, blown away by the sort of expansion of OG's game. A couple other ones to hit on here, Ashley, uh, from this game. I, I want to talk about Svima Hailuk because he mm. has kind of gone under the radar, I, I think, in, in these last couple of games. He's just been rock solid. The three-point shooting, the space he's kind of breathed into the starting five has been really nice. What have been your impressions of Svi so far? And, and, you know, as the Raptors inch back closer towards full health here, do you think he's, like, solidified, guaranteed a spot in the rotation based on how he's played? Do you think he should be worried about Yuta Watanabe's potential return considering the overlap of their skills? Or do you think Svi is just, like, ironclad? No, that guy is one of the eight or nine guys who will be in Nick Nurse's circle of trust when <laughs> they are at full health. Well, I don't, I don't trust Nick Nurse at all with anything. <laughs> I trust Nick Nurse with, like, I trust him to like maybe like like hold my coffee when I like run to the washroom, and I trust him that Fred Van Vliet and OG Ananobi and Pascal are gonna play. But that's like as far as it goes. His rotation has been a mixed bag, as you mentioned, night to yeah. night, even game to game has been wild. It's quarter to quarter, sometimes you see matchups. I'm like, who is that? What is that? <laughs> there was one point when Fred, I think it was in the second quarter he was playing with just like a mixed bag of people and he was scoring a ton of points and just like yeah obviously because he's probably like what the hell am I supposed to do over here <laughs> everyone's in these weird positions like we're gonna just try our best but for um for him particularly I was very happy with his defense I would yeah. say because yeah. Regardless if he's going to be a top tier defender or not, that's fine. But he gets into people. He's not mm -hmm. afraid of getting beat. He is at least stopping the point of attack when someone has the ball. He might not be guarding the point, but he's getting back in transition. He's not allowing fast break layups from his man. He's getting in front of them, and then he's at least making them have to think about it. Plus, he's been hitting a ton of shots, um, and he's just been solid in that way. And my recap earlier, I, uh, I was like, is this what we had hoped Matt Thomas would be? <laughs> a little bit a Matt little Thomas bit. if he like took some magic beans and grew six inches well, yeah besides, <laughs> besides the fee-fi-fo-fum part about it and like growing <laughs> yes but that's the thing don't you mean fee-fi-fo-fum I'm sorry yeah, what is, I the blood of an Englishman. That's the actual fairy tale. Fairy tale, by the way, is like pretty aggressive. But um, that's one thing about the NBA that I think that you might be noticing too. It's like you can't necessarily just be a shooter anymore. You no. can't necessarily just be lights out from the corner because teams are too smart. Coaches are making too much adjustments, too many adjustments, and you're going to get demolished on defense. It's really hard to hide you. And mm -hmm. so you have to at least be serviceable. And I think that Mihailik has been that 
that guy so far. So I think Watanabe is probably the favorite still. I would imagine that there is going to be a little bit of a battle. But here's mm-hmm. the thing. This depth of this team it's crazy. is going to be something that is <laughs> wildly special. And we yeah. talked about, like, you think the bench mob was good? Dude, these guys, when he figures out who his seven, eight, nine guys are, once we get everyone back healthy, once Scotty's back, once Pascal's back, once the rotation gets sorted out, it's going to be a nightmare for opposing yeah. teams, I think. Yeah, it's going to be there are going to be some dudes who lose minutes and, yeah. you know, I think sort of at risk. Chris Boucher, I think, was not very good again tonight. He had the one nice sort of circus shot and one that kind of bailed his night out. But I think, you know, as much as there's been scorn towards Precious Achua for how he's played, I think Boucher has been worse. Yeah. And I would be surprised if both of them lose their spot because there's Yuta Watanabe, who's six foot nine coming back. And, you know, Svi is six foot seven. Like they can still kind of man that power forward position pretty capably even if you know precious and boucher aren't in there and and i think they should very much be on notice and i I do also want to talk about a guy who uh you know might fill in those minutes as well here in a sec as we get into the dude of the game ashley uh the the segment that everybody loves and definitely wants to stick around forever on the podcast yeah so (laughs) We're going to talk about the dude of the game, the guy who kind of went unnoticed, who we haven't talked about yet so far Mm -hmm. in the course of breaking down the game, who we still want to give some love and talk about a little bit. So we are going to give out the dude of the game, the second ever dude of the game on the other side. But first, I want to tell you about our friends over at Mick donald's baby this episode is brought to you by mcdonald's it is uh proudly been serving communities since 1965 mcdonald's always has been there to you know to do more than just give you tasty affordable food it's a place where friends and family can come to reconnect a place where classmates can meet up for study groups knowing they'll have dependable wi-fi and an endless supply of french fries and mcflurries and win or lose it's a place where teammates competitors the home team or the away team can come to recharge it's the place you always look forward to stopping to on a long road trip to rest your legs and refuel talk about like uh recovering recharging uh, look let's be honest sometimes mcdonald's great when you've had a night with your pals and you want to go over when i li- lived in school in ottawa there was a mcdonald's right across the street from my best friend's house and uh we frequented that a lot a lot of mcgriddles were consumed there on sunday mornings and that's all i'll say about that but we would all go there have our mcgriddles be sick together it was a wonderful time very community oriented even if our tummies were uh, not exactly happy with us in the in, in the moment either way mcdonald's help with it because they soak up the bad stuff either way uh go to your mcdonald's uh the, your local mcdonald's to refuel and reconnect did somebody say locked on raptors watch party yeah you can watch sports in mcdonald's they got tvs they got a play place you can go to during intermission all the way it's all very very good so thank you of course to mcdonald's for sponsoring the podcast i'm loving it but up 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 This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Berea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. 
Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, let's continue on here and finish out the show. And uh, next time we'll sing that. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> instead of just doing spoken word, ba da ba 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 other way. da 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 Oh, Maybe they should have you do the reads, and uh, I can just sit idly by. You, you, you I will say, let me actually give a shout out to McDonald's because I did yeah. get in trouble at a place I was working one time because I tweeted out that McDonald's hash browns are far superior to any other offering available. But the place that I was working apparently had a deal with a different corporation, <laughs> and I got in a little bit of trouble. But thanks, McDonald's. Yeah, you will not disparage the unnamed fast food restaurant hash browns. Uh, I don't even know who else has hash browns, but either way, let's exactly. move on here before we get exactly. in trouble. Uh, <laughs> let's uh, move to the dude of the game, shall we? It is, of course, the brand new segment that everybody's talking about. It is uh, the guy from a game that the Raptors played that was good and important to the, to the effort, to the cause, but who maybe kind of goes under the radar, didn't really sort of factor in as like one of the key characters that we're talking about throughout the podcast. And so, Ashley Dogging, I will put it to you as you have assigned this uh, this day's due to the game. Who is your due to the game and why? The due to the game is Delano Banton. Yes. I am unashamed to say that I will talk about him at every opportunity that I get. But the reason mm-hmm. is is that he's somebody who's always ready for whatever the task may be. He's a spark in many different ways. And because of his skill set, he can be utilized often. He can grab some rebounds. He can make a couple cute little passes, which we've seen before. He can shoot the ball as well. He's like thunder and lightning coming through the key when he picks up the ball and tries to get to the basket. And even tonight, he played 17 minutes. That's Mm -hmm. okay. That's pretty, that's modest, but it's not that bad coming off the bench. Um, Mm -hmm. Two for two. He had three rebounds, two steals, and this one too, he had just one turnover, okay, in 17 minutes. And that's the thing too, if you're going to be a role player who's used for spot minutes, whether or not you're just hot that night, whether someone's injured or you're having a good game, you need to make sure that you're not a net negative. And the best way to do that is to make sure that you're not a liability and people can trust you. Even if you're not doing a ton on the score sheet, you cannot be giving the ball away. And so for that reason, he's my due to the game. I love it. I, I, I'm pro Delano Ben. He gets his first due to the game nomination. And look, I, you, we can tell you talk about like Mr. Steal Your Girl. He's going to be Mr. Steal Your Minutes for somebody. Uh, and I don't know who yet because, again, I don't know what position he plays. Is he a power forward? Is he a point guard? Is he something yeah. in between? Still, yet to figure it out. But we talked about Precious Achua. We talked about Chris Boucher. Yeah. And Malachi Flynn is also kind of floating out there in the ether. He played three oh, minutes in this game. I can't wait for his dad to step in. I'm, <laughs> honestly, that was, I was so worried. I don't know if you follow football. Odell Beckham Jr.'s dad, he's having some mm. problems on the Browns. He just right. tweeted a YouTube video and was like circling all the moments his son was open and the quarterback did not find him. And he's I'm doing just the like, telestrator. Yes. Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> he had graphics and everything. And I'm just like, wait, I'm so worried about Flynn's dad. Cause you remember last year, yep. he definitely has an opinion. And so I'm just like, don't do it. It's not going to work. Nick doesn't yeah. play that. Mm-mm. 
No. Uh, yeah, Flynn got into this game, played three minutes tonight, and look, I thought he was fine in his three minutes. He had one possession where he pushed it, found Svee for a three, and it was really nice looking. I, I wish that we could see just longer stretches for Flynn because it doesn't really seem fair. It's almost like that Dwayne Casey, Norm Powell special way back in the day mm-hmm. where Powell would play like three minutes at the end of the first half, and if he was good, he'd stick around. If he was bad, he was ne- not to be seen until the next la- later part of a second like quarter later in the tactics. week. Yeah, and so, you know, Banton's going to take minutes from somebody here. I I don't know, look, is it possible Banton kind of tails off and maybe ends up with a 905 sometime this season? Maybe, but the way he's played, the way he just injects so much energy and speed to the team, I don't think he's going anywhere. I, I really don't. I think Nick Nurse loves him. And I, I guess if you're Nick Nurse and you're deciding between a 6-1 point guard who pushes the pace and yeah. a 6-9 point guard who pushes the pace and also plays really good defense and can kind of sub in as a power forward, you're probably going to go with the six foot nine guy if you're Nick Nurse, and so I'm not surprised that Banton's getting minutes over Flynn right now. Yeah. I am curious to see though if, as the season progresses, as they get healthy, maybe Boucher or Precious falls out of favor. Does maybe Banton become that sort of backup power forward to allow for Flynn in the game? Because I think Flynn's been doing some good things when he's played the last couple of games, and I'm envisioning some kind of second unit here where you're looking at. You know, Flynn with Banton constantly just running it down the other team's throat. Maybe that's where you get in, you know, subbing like a Scotty Barnes or something as like a, a, a as a reserve guy. You know, I'm thinking about, you know, we were talking, I think, earlier today with James Herbert. Uh, we're recording this Wednesday night, by the way, but about how if you play that small ball lineup with Scotty at center, he can be your first sub out, bring it back in in the, in the second unit to start the second unit, uh, start the second with the second unit. And you could have like a Banton, Flynn, V scotty barnes insert starter here and just like be this high octane energy sort of freak show in the best kind of way i wonder if maybe that's sort of an avenue they can go here because i think flynn's shown enough even though he played just three minutes today i think he's shown enough here to you know sort of earn a bit more of a leash but banton Mm -hmm. i don't think is going anywhere and the nice thing about him is that he can kind of slot in wherever nick nurse wants him to to accommodate whoever else is playing well which is kind the of ol- nice the only thing i would say about that that worries me for flynn is that hmm. scotty's also kind of a point forward sure. and he likes and nick nurse likes to run sets too well pascal has the ball to start things off so yep. there's a lot of handsy moments going on gary trent jr as well now mm-hmm. we have fred now we have bands right so it's just a lot of people my arms are overflowing with effective yeah, ball exactly. handles. what am i to do <laughs> like me when i go to mcdonald's i'm like i'll have nuggets and a chicken sandwich. <laughs> yeah so that's the only thing that worries me about him um but i do agree with you i think that there needs to be at least an audition that is not so high pressure yeah. and, I, and i understand wanting people to be a hey you got to get ready be ready stay ready da, da, da. sure but like what about a little bit of grace like the, the grace that we're showing press at this point in time because sure. yeah. he feels like a guy for me that has a ton of potential but you can only bank on potential for so long and it is early of course i'm not trying to ra- like railroad the guy but yeah. he feels like to me somebody who doesn't exactly know what to do with his body we yep. see a dunk like we did earlier in the game today. And you're just like, oh my God, he should be devastating defenses. He should be demolishing the rim. And every time he gets in close, he's kind of like, so a layup? It's like, yeah. whoa, yeah. <laughs> do you know how big you are? You need to impose yourself. And so he needs to get his hand handle on that before he's going to be getting like a ton of, I think, important minutes. Yeah, the, the precious thing is super interesting. You know, I expected fully for Ken Birch to start this game. He closed it, of course, again, started the second half again. 
Nick Nurse talked before the game about how like a couple bad games is not going to sort of lose Precious his job. It's now been three or four bad games in a row for him. You know, it, he did have a very good start to the season, and I think that's kind of being lost in the sort of Precious, um, you know, criticism is that he started the season excellently. That lineup with him in the starting five was excellent and was like blowing teams off the floor. And so I get why Nick Nurse kind of wants to see if he can recapture that magic. But at some point here, it's just pretty obvious that Ken Birch is the better option. And, you know, honestly, if he's closing games, I'm happy. Honestly, like, yeah. I'm fine. The starter, whatever. It's, it's not something I'm going to lose my mind over. It's a thing that is annoying, sure, and it makes it easier to get your better players in more if they start the game. But I, I think it's as long as Birch is closing these games, I think Nurse is handling it correctly. You know, considering he's starting pressures, I think he's doing the right thing and adapting as the game goes along. But um, that's certainly going to be a thing that I don't think we're going to stop talking about that all season. Apparently, that's just Never. the thing we talk about every day is precious <laughs> is starter. What's he going to do? I don't know who's to say. But if he throws down more dunks like that on poor, poor Corey Kispert, I feel like he might uh, continue to be in Nick Nurse's good graces just because sometimes you want to be entertained as a coach with cool dunks. And maybe that's what gets him <laughs> into the lineup. That's actually um, on the whiteboard today. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Ashley, that yeah. feels like a good place to leave off today's show. This was absolutely a delight. Love chatting with you whenever you come on the podcast. Uh, where can people check out all of the incredible work you got going on? Um, follow me on Twitter. I see my handles on the screen, but for those listening audio only, it's at SmartAsh, S-M-R-T-A-S-H. You can find me on Instagram, my full name, Ashley Docking. And you can also find me on Twitch. Um, I'm doing a cool stream with NBA Twitch, the NBA's official Twitch account on November yeah. 16th. Um, so we'll be doing a little one hour show uh, at 630 on the 16th. That is very exciting. Uh, again, follows at SmartAsh, SMRT, like Homer Simpson says, uh, at Ash, SmartAsh. Very much appreciate having on, Ashley. We'll have you again very soon, I hope, and keep up the wonderful work with the only TikToks I consume. I'm not a TikTok person, but I will uh, find a way to watch your TikToks because they're lovely. They're just fantastic content. So keep up the wonderful work. Uh, you can find me, of course, on Twitter at WoodleySean. You can subscribe to, rate, review, all that good stuff. It's very much appreciated. I'll be at the game on Friday against the Cavs. We'll have a recap for that over at RaptorsHQ.com. You can also listen to uh, Basketball, my podcast with Katie Heindel, where we talk sort of about basketball. It's a very, very good time. There's a Patreon for that show as well if you want to go and support that. And uh, that will do it. Thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day. Go make your second listen, Locked on Fantasy Basketball, as Josh Lloyd is crushing it over on the YouTube channel there and on the regular podcast feed, telling you all you got to know about your fantasy basketball teams and the early part of the season. And uh, we will talk to you again on Friday as Katie Heindel, the aforementioned, is going to join the show for a mailbag episode. So get your questions in, uh, shoot them to me on Twitter, or you can, uh, I'll probably put a little video later on, a uh, video prompt on the YouTube later to get some questions and comments. But uh, until then, thank you so much. We'll talk to you then on Friday with a mailbag episode. And uh, bye bye. <laughs> Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.